Hello students and welcome to Class of X, the free internet course on how to read and enjoy the X-Men comics better. I'm your teacher and host, John Reisinger, and today I'm joined by content creator, streamer, and number one fan of Dexter Jester. Look it up, you nerds. It's Jacob Fullerton, and today we're talking about part of Chris Claremont's Phoenix Saga, specifically Uncanny X-Men 107 and 108. Hello, Jacob. Hey, how's it going, bud? <laughs> is, it, is that your Dexter? <laughs> That's my no. That's my Wolverine. Oh, my Dexter is hey, old buddy. I should have picked up the bub. You you threw me a bub in there and everything. Yeah. Obi Wan. That's also my Wolverine. <laughs> I actually looked up recently if the X Men had done a Star Wars crossover, and I couldn't find one. <laughs> Not saying there hasn't been one, but I couldn't find one. But I could quickly find that there was a. Uh, Marvel Paramount collaboration where the X Men met Star Trek. Um, Whoa, that's awesome! Uh, Wait it, a minute, does it, that mean uh, Professor Xavier could meet Jean Luc Picard? I guess technically, uh, if you like, if it's the entire Star Trek universe combined, this one they were specifically were meeting the like original cast of the oh, the, okay. the original TV show. But those guys are just predecessors to Next Generation. They're all they're all part of a history. Um, amazing. Speaking of history, Jacob, I'd love to hear from you about your past experience with comics and what your familiarity with is with X-Men comics or X-Men, you know, stuff in general. Just give us some background on you. Well, it's not too exciting a tale. Um, the comics I read when I was a kid were obviously some Star Wars stuff, okay. an assortment of those. I think the ones that I reread the most were, let's see, there's this random Boba Fett comic, Shadows of the Empire, and then the Dark Empire saga. That dang which, Empire, they're always up to shenanigans. I know. they That that comic did a Palpatine is somehow Palpatine returned <laughs> before Rise of Skywalker did. <laughs> I Yeah, I don't doubt that. It was very silly. <laughs> uh, but there was that... Um, read a good bit of manga though i think the mo- thing i most consistently read now is i'm going through all the berserk manga i imagine it's been cool i imagine that's a lot it's a lot and they're in like big like hardcover volumes so it's very uncomfortable to lay in bed and try to read these <laughs> big tomes of manga <laughs> yeah it's it's terrible <laughs> trying to especially when i fall asleep <laughs> just i just imagine you laying on your back trying to hold this big old <laughs> ledger of a book uh, over your head <laughs> Comfortably. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a ordeal, but I, I sort of figure it out. Have you uh, have you tuck any... it into my shoulder? <laughs> have you ever read any X Men before? No, no. This was like reading the um, two issues um, that we were going to talk about today. It was like my first time reading X Men comics ever. I love. I've it. only seen the movies. Right. That's that's my, I'm way. finding that that's most people's introduction to x-men which makes sense because just marvel characters in general majoritively have been introduced to the world via the films at this point it's true it's like just going through like certain parts of what we read i was like oh there's that character there's that character i know some of these characters (laughs) i recognize some of these guys (laughs) i don't recognize a lot of these guys in this comic there's a lot of weirdos in the one we read um But I see T'Challa. <laughs> oh, yeah, he does show up, doesn't he? Just for like one Yeah, page. at the beginning, he does, of the second issue. Um, mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Yeah, I 
Um, for those of you who can't figure it out so far, uh, Jacob is a big fan of the Star Wars stuff. An expert, I would say, of Star Wars and Star Wars lore. Um, and uh, it's, it's funny to me that uh, I'm finding that nerds, even super nerds, have huge blank spots in their you know, uh, well of knowledge of nerdery. Um, you know, you might be reading entire encyclopedias of manga, um, but you've never read an X-Men comic before. And I love that. I love that. I, I, I caught you. I got you to read one. You got me. <laughs> you got me in some good ones too. I was very entertained. I, um, I, I haven't like tailored everybody's picks like exactly to their interests. Some people I've just been like, uh, some of my guests, they, when they just don't have any input, I just go like, okay, I'll pick up just a cool one to read. Um, but yours, I was like, well, I'd be, I'd be remiss if I didn't try to at least get something of a space adventure for Jacob to read, <laughs> which is not actually a very hard endeavor to do with X-Men. Cause it's like a common trope. They, those, those mutants, they're always going to space. They're always doing space stuff. <laughs> yep. Seems like it. And this is honestly the origin of it. This, what we just read, like this is like their first big space adventure um, and introduces um, one of the like, big Marvel alien races that we haven't gotten to meet yet in the MCU uh, because, frankly, they haven't introduced any X-Men properties. And the Shi'ar, who you got to meet in this one, they're like, you're thinking of like the Kree and the Skrulls. Those are like the the, the other big two. Um, The Shi'ar are the third one. They're the other big empire um, that I assume when they introduce the X-Men into the MCU, there'll be something they'll bring in. Um, especially if they try another attempt at the Dark Phoenix saga, which this is kind of near the beginning of that. Um, I know you, having watched the movies, are not wholly unfamiliar with the Phoenix. Um, oh, yeah. I, I saw Dark Phoenix in the theaters. <laughs> you say that proudly, my friend. <laughs> you hold that with a with a badge of honor. I saw it in theaters, <laughs> fools. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many X-Men movies. It's like, well, I've seen them up this point. I might as well see another one. (laughs) Might as well see the end of this train wreck. I've seen the beginning of the train wreck. Yeah, and there's a literal train wreck in the movie. (laughs) There is. There is. Starting to see some kind of allegory here. Yeah, that's great. Um, Well, the (laughs) Phoenix Saga was from all the way back in 1977, and... and this oh, is that's quite a year. Yeah, it is. It's quite a while back. Um, and this is right near the beginning of it. Jean, um, she had just gotten access or tapped into the Phoenix Force, like not, but you know, about seven issues earlier. Um, and so this is like her starting to learn these powers and stuff. So that's why you see her kind of exerting that costume and name. Um, but before I get into more details like that, um, I want to give you, Jacob, and also the listeners, a little bit of like some context as to what yeah. you were reading. Because I know, Jacob, I told you a lot of the characters you're going to meet in this, you'll go, I don't know who that is, John. Why are you having me look at this? <laughs> but I was, I may try to reassure you, the audience didn't know who these were either because they were the introduction to these characters, like the Guardian. Uh, um and uh the star jammers the star jammers this was 
technically not the first issue ever of the Starjammers. However, the only other instance of them was they kind of showed up at the end of like an issue of a little while earlier than that. And it wasn't even the full crew. It was like just Corsair and Chod and his little like uh, furry friend. But this is So this is the first time meeting Raja and Hepzibah and all them. Hepzibah, what a name. What about the Barach and Shovel Beast? <laughs> I'm glad you wrote that down. Um, I love the shovel beast. I I thought that was very much. Uh, it looked like something straight out of Star Wars. That character. <laughs> um, but I mean, speaking of it, there's um, a lot of reasons why this comic got made, and one of them was definitely Star Wars, having been this comic came out at the end of 1977. But what oh. happened on May 25th, 1977, Jacob? Uh, Star Wars hit the theaters, baby. It did. And captured the hearts and minds of Ev- everyone. Everybody. Um, and so, you know, when people get certain fevers in media about certain stuff, it's like, it seems like everyone's making vampire movies or everyone's making disaster films. This was like, you know, everyone was got obsessed with Star Wars. And not many years prior, um, Star Trek, the first uh, show, had run its three seasons as well. So people were, were all about that space stuff. So it, yeah. it made sense for them to try to do this. And it made actually extra sense um, that the artist who drew the first issue, 107, Dave Cockrum, he was actually also drawing for, he was one of the main artists for a DC comics uh, title called Legion of Superheroes. I would assume you don't know oh. who that is. Nuh-uh. Yeah, they haven't really shown up too much in DC media yet, um, but they were basically this like huge team of of aliens from all over the galaxy, and it was like kind of like Green Lantern Corps, except they weren't like chosen because they had great will. They were just like the 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 best of their of their people would uh, join the Legion of Superheroes, and so they were all these different aliens with different weird powers and and oh, okay. crazy things. And so you can kind of like even that first splash page in 107 with all those characters and stuff. It was like, oh, okay, this is Dave Cockrum kind of bringing some of that to the X Men. This oh, big yeah. team of like the galaxy's best are the are the uh, the you know the protectors of the Shi'ar royalty. That is a packed page. It is, um, and in fact, I was trying to do my homework to see if I could like try to learn about as many of them on there and. Um, I, I got pretty, cause it's, I, I haven't been able to keep track of the star jammers, uh, you know, with all of my X-Men knowledge, mostly because they're a large cast. And also half the cast you see in this comic, they don't really show up very much, uh, ever again. And then they keep adding more people. And so there's like, there's like 50, 60, you know, uh, members of the, uh, the guardians, um, or the Imperial, uh, uh, guard. Um, and so, yeah, but you meet some of the, like the ongoing ones that will show up a lot. Uh, Fang who Wolverine steals his clothes from <laughs> <laughs> that part was great. Um, Wolverine would actually go on to wear that costume for like quite a while in the comics is one of, it's one of his main costumes, like right alongside the, like the typical yellow and blue one <laughs> you think of him in, um, it's just really convenient that he meets another feral, uh, humanoid creature. That's his same size. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because he got his clothes blasted off. Yeah, yeah, it happens, you know. Yeah. um, But uh, another reason why this 
comic got made, and particularly why the Star Jammers got uh, thrown into here, was that Dave Cockrum, again, had come up with the Star Jammers and was trying to get them kind of uh, showcased in this rotating title that Marvel had called Marvel Spotlight or Marvel Presents. And it was kind of a place where they could test like new IPs um, or mess around with stuff. But like okay. that book was uh, uh, was booked out for the next two years. And so Dave didn't want to wait. So he showed it to the writer for X-Men, Chris Claremont. And Chris Claremont's like, we got to put this in the X-Men. And the way they connected it to the X-Men, you'll find out at the end of uh, issue 108, is they made Corsair uh, Cyclops' father. Um, yeah, ooh, that was a big twist. Isn't it fun? Um, it, yeah. I, I thought I never put this together, but I think you being here put it in context where I was like, "Oh, Corsair's a Han Solo." That's oh my god, exactly what I was thinking. He, Getting the same vibes. Yeah, and like his best friend, giant beast creature, Chad, is like, "Okay, that's Chewbacca." That's just Chewbacca. That's <laughs> um, great. Yeah, I who are the others? There was a uh, Raza. Raza. Hepsiba, who's like a skunk lady. Raza, who I've always thought of. Uh, he reminded me of uh, Indigo Montoya from Princess Bride. Um, <laughs> he's a swordsman, although I don't think he shows it off in this this these issues. But he's like a, a master swordsman and gave off yeah, those. Yeah, he talks vibes. like a pirate, too. He talks like a pirate slash Shakespearean. Um, yeah, it's awesome. It's bizarre. And then, yeah, Hepsiba um is the cat skunk lady who is the uh partner of corsair um and i and i know you're th- you're at you want to ask this jacob and i'll answer you right now yes artists do start drawing her sexier and sexier throughout the years until she's this this hot uh <laughs> sort of cat lady later on <laughs> i only awesome. say i say that because i you know I've read modern uh, comics now. And so I see these characters now and it's funny to go way back in time. Cause the way they draw her in like issue one Oh seven is she looks like something out of, you know, a, a Looney Tunes cartoon. She's completely, you know, uh, you know, anthropomorphized animal kind of thing. Um, and very cartoonish. <laughs> um, other than that, here's the quick context of what had been happening right before this, because this is a cold open and 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 I, I warned you about that, but I gave you oh, yeah. I gave you a little pretext of they're getting like they just got transported to try to save Lalandra. Yeah, um, it just starts in space. Yeah, actually they they um they left for this thing, this like they went through the Stargate for to get to this like to try to chase Lalandra actually two issues ago. For some reason, and I imagine this might have been like a scheduling thing, they released one oh five and at the end of it the the Eric the Red that that guy in the red bondage uniform he yeah. stole Lalandra and went through the Stargate and the Stargate closes but then Jean uh, uses the power of the Phoenix to charge the Stargate and sends everybody through it's why she starts off all tired at the beginning of this uh, yeah, yeah. it's because she just sent everybody across all of time and space to get to the Emkron crystal um, and so yeah so uh what had been happening though actually prior to that was that um the writers had been actually foretelling the coming of Lalandra for quite a while where professor x was having these like weird dreams of a space traveler that was going to visit him soon and so that was like the the mental connection that Lalandra and professor x had and how he was like being able to foretell her being close and yeah, so she was having visions of him too right yeah she kind of gives that a little bit of that backstory in like uh issue 108 and she talks yeah. about how she like she it felt like a, a a lightning rod drawing her to him that kind of thing 
Um, and so they actually become like boyfriend, girlfriend, almost like married, basically. Um, I think he gets, I think he becomes like her consort. I don't know what that means, but that's what they <laughs> called it. Um, do you know? Right, because she's like a princess, right? Yeah, to be soon to be queen. Her her evil yeah. brother is is king right now. Um, but other than that, I already gone over that. Um, Jean had just become the phoenix, and part of that process was like she kind of like died and came back, very, you know, Phoenician. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and then that dude, the Eric the Red guy, he had just been basically been bugging the X-Men for a while in the comics. And this is kind of like the end of that, like a uh, whole debacle where it's the revealed. He's like, ah, he's the special field agent for the Shi'ar. And he's been there to mess with y'all. Um, yeah. Cause he has like a name that is an Eric, the red. Yeah. What it is, but he has like an alien name. Yeah. 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 He has like his weird alien name and I didn't write that down either. I just like Eric, the red, it's very silly. Um, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so that's, that's all the backstory you really need to know. It's kind of the fun thing about reading really early X-Men. Like this is issue 107. It's like, not a lot has happened. You know, they've been around for a bit, but they, they haven't really messed with Canon. Um, and instances like this is when they're like really launching Canon that they'll be tapping into for forever. Like the Shi'ar stay around in the X-Men comics for forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and really are a big part of like the upcoming, like dark Phoenix saga that would be preceding this about 30 issues from now where that the whole thing they've made those movies about, it happens in the comics. The way they've made the movies, it's not how it's in the comics, like, almost at all. Um, <laughs> you don't say. Yeah, even even though they've done it twice um, in the movies. The closest one actually is the cartoon. The cartoon made some changes to the narrative, but mm-hmm. for the most part, if you watch the cartoon, the Fox Kids one, like, they had a Dark Phoenix, like, arc, and uh, it's pretty close to the comics. Yeah, I think I remember that a little bit because I did watch that show. Not all of it, but quite a bit. And I think I remember that Dark Phoenix saga. It was like one of their big like multi-episode events that they did. Yeah. Um. So let's let's dive into the comic. I before we get into like any details about like, what happened in this first issue, I I want I'd love to hear from you, Jacob, because I feel like I've been talking almost nonstop about uh, <laughs> what did you think of this like first when you do- dove into issue one hundred and seven? How 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 are you feeling about this? Well, it gets right into it, that's for sure. And there's a bunch of characters that I knew, like, right out the gate, like Nightcrawler, Cyclops, the Storm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wolverine, all, all of them. Um, yeah, but, like, I think they were the only ones I was familiar with. Yeah, because they're but, the yeah. only ones that went through. Um, and they, they immediately start fighting these, like, Imperial Guard people. Um, yeah, very quickly. <laughs> it was... Uh, I know you already called out the the Barakan shovel beast. Or what other, if you could recall in your memory, what other ones do you remember them introducing? Because they they throw a lot of people at you. Oh man, let's see. There was um, what was his name? <laughs> it's a lot of. <laughs> there was like a, there was a purple guy with antennas. There's a purple guy with antennas. That was the Hobgoblin. He's the one who turns. That was, in, that was Hobgoblin. He turns yeah. into the Barakan Shovel Beast. That's right. He transforms, and then uh, Nightcrawler has like a device that like oh, makes yeah. a hologram of a bigger Shovel Beast. Yeah, back in the day, the X Men were actually like trying to be like uh, secret identities kind of people, and so 
you know, the majority of them, like Cyclops can walk around with sunglasses on. You can't tell who he is. And you take Wolverine's mask off and it's like, who's that guy with the weird hair? Um, <laughs> but Nightcrawler, like he kind of, he kind of can't just even like, it's not even like tattoos he can cover up. He is very noticeable. And so they, they actually made up this technology. We had like a little watch. They actually introduced it into um, the cartoon X-Men evolution where he uses it to make himself look like just a normal person walking around. Um, they kind of played loosey goosey within this one and really overpowered it. And we're like, it can look like a alien it's looking at right now and uh, totally trick that other guy into thinking that another one of his aliens he's turned into is right in front of him. Yeah. See, I remember uh, Fire Lord blows off all of Wolverine's clothes. <laughs> Which is great. And then he starts a fight with Fang. It's, uh, and then just shows up in his costume later. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, it's actually Starbolt. Let's get this correct. Starbolt? Um, okay. Fire Lord's the guy. Uh, there's like several fire people in this. So like, uh, totally understandable if you can't keep these stupid fire oh, people. Oh, whoa. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures from the issue right now. They look so similar. I would have thought they were the same yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fire Lord shows up at the end because he had been pestering the X-Men in issue 105 before they went to the Stargate. And he is a former herald of Galactus, like Silver Surfer. Ah, okay. I know Galactus. Yeah. And, and so he's like... He was, was he after Silver Surfer? I think he was after Silver Surfer. And then Galactus can't keep hold of his, of his heralds. They keep leaving. Yeah. But they like it's all return. Starbolt. Yeah. So Starbolt's the one who burns off Wolverine's clothes, um, which was like a thing that was happening a lot. For some reason, they wanted to really draw Wolverine with tattered clothes. Um, I'm fine with it. Show that hairy yeah, chest. Yeah, it rocks. He looks great. Uh, I do. I wrote down a line because there was like some kind of, uh, weird bug man who says to um, what's the princess's name? Lalandra. Lalandra. There's a bug man who says, "Silent be woman." Oh yeah, it, that's <laughs> like it's it's to connect it to what we've already been talking about. It's a little like the Yoda thing where it's like uh, for I I guess when you're 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 writing you know these these colorful characters like you want to give them different ways they speak that kind of sets them apart. <laughs> so you sometimes oh my God. you make weird choices like that guy who, who is not a thing. Like that guy is not a thing. He doesn't even have a name. Um, yeah. He just like says a couple things <laughs> and then that's it. It's just Chris and Claremont like, going, what if this guy has a weird manner of speech? <laughs> yeah. I mean, speaking of manners of speech, you've got like Nightcrawler who is so German. <laughs> It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was the other thing was uh, like when they launched all these new X-Men and giant size X-Men, you know, it was supposed to be like this international team of X-Men for the first time. Cause it'd been a bunch of, you know, little New York white kids before they were like, okay, we got this, this Irishman from, you know, from Ireland and, and he's going to have yeah, is that Banshee. Yeah. Banshee. And so like when they, when they <laughs> write Banshee, it, they, it's like, they're trying to write like phonetic accents. Yeah, I mean, they wrote it so, like, it's so identifiable. <laughs> it's pretty... While you're reading it, because it's like you have to read it phonetically. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, what I, else was there? I think that's impressive I, when yeah. you can write that kind of stuff in, in my head. Like, I'm I'm doing a Cajun accent while I read Gambit, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's like you can't help... It gives them all, like, their own voice, which is so fun. It's very good. Let's see what it is. There's a soul drinker. There's some kind of robot tentacle thing that just it's it's again speech was all gobbledygook. And another like never shows up again. That's not that's that's just like <laughs> they just drew something to show off an actual 
cool moment. I actually didn't plan on uh, as so many like firsts and, and new things for this one. I just thought it was a good starter, but I love that um, you got to read what was at the time, the first time Nightcrawler had teleported with another person, something he does so yeah. commonly now. Um, that was a surprise. I was like, oh, he's never done this before. Yeah. This is cool. We get... So especially even if you've like uh, watched the, the movies and that kind of thing, you get so used to these like canons of these characters having been able to do this stuff for forever. Like the introduction to X-Men 2 with that that Nightcrawler fight in the uh, White oh, House. Yeah. The dude's like teleporting every half second and they do that one like slow-mo sequence where he just is literally teleporting a nanosecond from each other. Yeah, it's so awesome. But he like, you know, they they really did start these characters off like not – underpowered but like a little nerfed compared to like how we think of them right now even like wolverine didn't start off with a healing factor that he can like just basically regenerate himself in like mere minutes it used to be like oh he got really hurt he just heals a bit faster than everybody else and so you just got to give him a little bit more time he'll be able to heal from it as opposed to like it's like instantaneous healing now um but yeah he teleports with the first person ever and it's lalandra it's not even one of his friends so he tested out on on a stranger which is smart Let's see. There's Lalandra. There's also there's um, uh, what the McCran crystal? Is that how you say it? I don't. Okay. So there's like Discord <laughs> over how to pronounce this word. Again, these are made up words written in a you know physical text style. Um, the cartoon said Mcron, and so I always M-cron. thought that. But actually, what you just said is what I've heard after that by other people that it's like Macron. Um, kind of like you say, like Deken. We don't say Deken. Yeah, he's Deken. Macron. Um, so I'm saying to you and anybody else, you can say however you want. It's a made up word. It's it's not yeah, a real thing. Nothing. Nothing is more alien than a random apostrophe. <laughs> Speaking of the Macron crystal, then we the the alignment of the nine Death Stars. <laughs> I was like, this was meant to be. I didn't even plan this. And they're like, they knew what they were doing when they yeah. said that. Because again, like May before this, like this came out in like uh, November. But even then it had, a, there's no way they wrote it in May. Um, yeah. And they, they put that in there. And I love it. It's like the, the, you got one Death Star. We got nine. We got nine, nine here Death for. Stars. Take that Star Wars. They don't even say what those are. They They just say... The nine Death Stars are, they have to line, they line up once every million years. And when they do, they're in alignment. Is a Death Star an actual thing? Like in science? Yeah. I have no idea. Like it did, did George Lucas steal it from something that was like a real world thing? Or did they just, did, did Chris Claremont go, I like that word. That, that George, he made up a good <laughs> word. I'm going to use that word. All I know is it's probably impossible to Google because <laughs> there's a little bit It'll of a, only be Star Wars. There's a little bit of like SEO that's kind of in your way. Yep. Uh, I, oh, wait, uh, Death Star nickname of Nemesis, a hypothetical star theorized to cause periodic extinctions on Earth. Uh, but that might have yeah. been named after George. Like, I feel like George. <laughs> yeah, baby. I don't know. I'm going to do some research on this, but they were like nine Death Stars. And, and I, you know, the public is just like, Sure, I know that word now. That that's fine. Uh, and oh, there's also a sorry, totally unrelated, but I think it was. I realized that Banshee was an Irish, and he was like, "Oh, I'll never get a chance to talk to Moira McTaggart." 
That's perfect. That's perfect. I think he said just say no, boyo in there too. No yes, notes. he did. Here is a picture. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's he's got to go talk to his also very much written Scottish uh, girlfriend Moira McTaggart, and they write her phonetically like a like a Scotsman. Um, really? Yeah. I'm curious about that. It's fun. It's great. Um, which I love that they continue this on like in things like the cartoon. They didn't do it in the movies. In fact, Moira no. McTaggart shows up in X-Men First Class, but they made her a, a, like an American CIA agent or something. Yeah. Which and I, then she somehow doesn't age at all. Yeah. <laughs> over the course of those movies. Oh, the timeline of those movies. But it's wild. The Fox Kids show did have Moira and they gave her a Scottish accent. Um, oh, cool. So... Yeah, um, yeah, you, you're 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 doing a great job of going through these weird characters and their situations that they got we got thrown into. Um, I genuinely That's before the Star Jammers show up. Yeah, like that. Like a lot is happening in this with this big old fight where like Nightcrawler is saving Lalandra from the Soul Drinker, and you know the X Men are dealing with these these this weird group of Imperial Guard, but like it's looking like the Imperial guard is, is like has the upper hand on them and is like taking them all out. Like this guy called neutron, just one shots, uh, Wolverine, um, who comes in with the Fane costume. Um, and then, uh, when they're like looking like they're down, that's when, you know, a, a nice little like laser blast from off screen comes in. Um, and we meet start the star jammers, um, which I'm, of like there's so many things in the X-Men universe I'm so excited to see them like you know visualize in any sort of like Disney medium whether it be the cartoons or yeah. the MCU I want the Star Jammers I want to see the Star Jammers um, I, know, I was thinking the same thing when I saw them I was just like oh sick a bunch mean, of cool space warriors yeah 100% a skunk lady yeah they got they got like a skunk lady when people love a little anthropomorphized animal person they got like you got your cyborg with you know the robot arm and a sword in the other hand, um, he's got a he's got a really cool looking ponytail. You got oh yeah your big like reptilian Hulk looking thing that <laughs> talks normal and is fully intelligent. He's got a you know his little he's got like a cat or something like a weird he's, space cat. He's got a fuzzy little friend. I never remember what this little friend is called. It never talk talks. So I don't. Yeah, it has some weird speech bubbles. It's uh, he always. I do know that Chad always like talks about like to not talk down to the little guy because he is like apparently sentient, and Chad can like understand him. Um, and so I think everybody's just like, sure, sure, yeah, this thing can talk, sure, Chad. Um, or sorry, Chad. I don't know how to pronounce Ch-odd. it. Chad. Yeah, there's an there's an apostrophe, there's an apostrophe in the middle of that. There's so many fun apostrophes. <laughs> it's how you like. I, I don't know where that started, but it, we all go like, yeah, yeah, exotic. Weird punctuation yeah. in spots we don't know, you know? Um, and so, yeah, uh, the Star Jammers show up and they, you know, turn the tides and they start really taking out the Imperial Guard. Um, and everyone kind of feels like they might have won, but then, like, Deken's up there and everyone, no one's been keeping their eye, apparently, on Deken. Yeah, he just, like, it was a really funny panel, too, because, like, they spin around he's, he's just standing on away. top of a thing yeah he's really far away <laughs> like oh there was a, a note there was a one part that made me laugh out loud yeah it was colossus um says of the star jammers he's like they speak english and then like <laughs> uh chad's like doesn't everyone yeah i i don't know why chris decided to address that there because 
he'd been communicating with the aliens prior, but I don't know why the star jammers, uh, is like odd to him. Um, but, but even like addressing it, they don't address why, um, they just, it's just like, yeah, of course they need to speak English. It's kind of like, why does everybody in star Wars speak English except for like some droids and a few (laughs) aliens? Um, yeah. I mean, that ends up being basically why, uh, uh, Phoenix ends up figuring out that, uh, Corsair is Cyclops' dad because of his American slang. (laughs) I think that like, she's like, oh my God. He's using American slang and accents. I have to mind scan him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She totally picks up that he apparently is speaking like a like a Earthling, um, <laughs> as opposed to apparently Fang doesn't speak like an Earthling. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just it's cute. It's funny. I love. It is very like uh, camp, like sci-fi. Um, yeah, but that's what sci-fi was at the time. It it definitely wasn't like uh, very dark and brooding um or or like super serious i mean it was serious in its own way but there was a camp and silliness to it it's you know it's like why why do the jedi have these big old flowy robes and um you know have their cute little light swords it's like it's camp it's fun yeah it's fun it's a good time and one of those uh, Imperial Guards is really big, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> Titan. <laughs> There's like one panel war after the fight's over. He's just laying there. I'm like, oh, there was a big guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, his name is Titan. Um, That's Titan, okay. And uh, yeah, I, it feels like that was actually a common trope in a lot of these things where it's like, we need a guy who can turn big on this team. Like, we just need one guy who can turn big. It's like why Ant-Man can get big. They've got this guy can turn big. It's just, you know, it kind of rounds you out. You know, just wanted one big guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, DeKen like does his little like, ha, the Death Stars have aligned um, and absolute power will be mine. And it like, it opens up. Now I got to fully address, like they don't yeah. exactly land on very sound, like descriptions of what exactly this, this Macron crystal is, what's happening. Um, it's kind of loosey goosey. I'm oh yeah. I'm impressed that even with the loosey goosiness, the emotion is kind of at least communicated well, so you kind of understand emotionally what's happening. Um, but I don't think they fully knew what they wanted to do with this Macron <laughs> crystal. Um, I think that partially they were like, okay, we want to have this really cool build-up moment to really show off what the Phoenix can do and kind of c- clue the audience into is Gene changing. And then beyond that, they were like, we'll figure out what the weird, powerful thing is later. Um, yeah. You know, even if we have to use weird words like lattice to uh, describe. Oh, they what... use some latticing. <laughs> but. Yeah, because they say like it like the Death Stars align and shoot their beam into the crystal. And then it says like all existence like blinks away. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's hard to tell why existence keeps blinking away. Um, but I think it's just that kind of like something bad is happening. We have to figure this out with a ticking clock, you know? Yeah. Um, Cause yeah, the, the, that, that uh, astronaut, Peter Corbeau, he uh, talks about like, you know, you know, if these blinks keep happening in the universe as we know, it will die. And that's the big dun, dun, dun at the very end of issue. Yeah. He's seven. like the last few panels. And then like, uh, 
uh, the Fantastic Four just yelling at him through a screen. <laughs> Which is, I think that's like the end of that. That is the end uh, of it. issue too. Um, that's very much the end of it. Uh, and then the next issue opens as many of these issues did with a nice little like recap of what had happened. Um, yeah. Because they just know that some kid's gonna just look at the cool cover and buy that one without knowing what's going on. It is a cool cover for sure. It's, I the colors of these comics are just so fun. Um, yeah, it's so vibrant that that's part of I think what I loved about the X Men over some of the other uh, comics that were like the group comics was that like the X Men were especially once they got to the giant size X Men is that they had all these different colored costumes and so there's like this full rainbow of a spectrum of people you know even like hair color and skin you know you got you know people of different races but then you've also got like nightcrawler's got blue fur and colossus got his steel stuff and it's just like so yeah. pretty but like look at the fantastic four and it like okay the thing is orange and then the human torch when he turns to fire he's orange and then the other two are blue okay that's about it <laughs> um no I, I love the fantastic four but x-men is so colorful um yeah it's beautiful um and so they'd be like anything yeah um which is I kind of hope they do that with like how they introduce these. I'm glad the X-Men 97 will be the first thing they'll do with Disney. Cause it'll be a cartoon full of color. Um, oh, is that, is that the case? That's cool. Yeah. That'll be the first like real iteration. They, that's coming soon. Um, they actually just held like a 60th anniversary event for the X-Men and um, the showrunner. Um, and I think director were at the event and talking about it. And they seem like really cool dudes. Oh, very cool. Previously on X-Men. Hello, Class of X. Thank you for joining me for episode 16. We've gotten there to 16, and I hope you are falling in love with Jacob as much as I love this man. Um, I, I'm so glad I got to have him on here. This man has a, a, just a burning love for lore and the silliness of space adventures. So I feel like it was a good time to pull him into an episode. Um, and speaking of episodes, I'm thinking of experimenting with the next episode. I want to broaden uh, what is offered through this show as far as X-Men information. And I was thinking about doing a deep dive into a character that is about to come up for uh, to be a, par- a participant in the upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy film, um, The Higher Evolution. I was thinking of just doing a solo episode, giving you all a deep dive into who the heck that is. I feel like that might be a good service to provide for uh, people who are MCU fans, um, but are just like, who is this character in the comics? Um, let me know on socials if you think that's a good idea, bad idea, um, or if you've had a good day. Um, but you can find us at socials at, uh, at Class of X Pod um, everywhere. Um, and speaking of uh, our socials, yeah, just uh, would love to if you uh, can if you want to take some time to give some feedback. I'd love to hear what you like, what you don't like about this show. I'm always trying to make this show bigger, better, and more entertaining for you all. Um, and uh, speaking of more entertaining for you all, um, I wanted to try a little game here. Um, so if you want to take some time to say hi to me on social, what if? I give you a little challenge of something I'd love to hear from you. Um, so if one of you responds to this, if none of you respond to this, it's fine either way. It's fun to me, but I would love to hear from y'all what your favorite headcanon for comic characters, especially if it's X-Men. I was thinking about that today and I have some funny headcanons for some of these characters. And I was wondering if anybody else is in that same realm with me. If you are, hit me up or you can leave a comment uh, at the uh, on the Patreon. This show does have one. Um, And if you are someone already subscribed to there, know that uh, that's the most awesome thing in the world to me. The fact that someone would want to support this uh, old nerd in talking about X-Men, almost screaming about X-Men, really. Um, So those of you on the Patreon, 
um, I bow to you. I thank you. I love you. You guys are the best. Um, and thinking, speaking of the best, let's let's hear what Jacob has to say about some more X-Men stuff. All right, let's get back to it. But yeah, so we get a recap and then we get to have fun little cameos of oh yeah of these like, were great you know some some recognizable faces you got the fantastic four um you've got uh the avengers which is where you see like captain america and the beast beast is an yep. avenger i don't know if you ever knew that he was for I a bit i did not know that yeah but yeah i saw him there i'm like oh there's a beast he's hanging out with captain america dechala there was a point where the the original x men all kind of got shuffled off to other comic titles like jean gray cyclops uh, Angel, Iceman, and Beast. Those are the original five. Um, and so a bunch of them got shoveled off to other little titles. Um, Cyclops stayed on the X-Men and Jean eventually did as well, but like Beast was off being an Avenger. Um, and he was doing that for quite a while. In fact, he was in the Avengers book for quite a while. Um, yeah. A uh, quick question. Who is, who? what hero is Hank in this? Oh. Is that Hank Pym? It's Hank Pym. Yeah. yeah, he's wearing his he yellow like jacket uniform. Yellow jacket, okay, that's what I guessed because I saw like a little bee on yeah. his uh, outfit. Him and uh, 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 his wife, um, who I'm blanking on right now, her name, uh, the Wasp. What's the Wasp's name? Um, anyways, uh, Janet. God, that really was going to bother Janet, me. Janet. Okay. Janet Van Dyne. Um, that's her also with him. And so, yeah, that's Hank and Janet. Um, okay and they changed uh, costumes a lot also there was some some more phonetic speech from president kennedy (laughs) let's see i i took a screenshot of it here it says oh it is i find that a little hard to believe (laughs) dr corbo i didn't even notice that that's so good my science advises dispute the accuracy of your data (laughs) it's so funny they this is actually fun to read because they yeah. realize that the sliding time scale of X, of comics in general makes it more awkward when you really make real world references to stuff because <laughs> if this ha- if you know if this comic came out in 1977 you got Kennedy but then like you know if the X-Men keep interacting with every president since Kennedy then it goes like <laughs> how old are these dudes are they they're how old are they um it's just so funny because like hard is bold it's yeah it's like it's italicized it has an extra h in there um (laughs) yeah a few of the words are are oddly bold which i don't know why um that's the letterist the letterist was like we're gonna do this um so funny i love it and uh i'm so glad that you picked it up but yeah got some got some kennedy um t'challa's there we love it um and then we meet just again absurd characters where so now we're all in the the macron crystal that we're all in yeah. there but we're also like um approaching like a sphere at the middle of the of where what is and that's where the real power is but there's these guardians that are guarding the macron crystal and the first one is this little purple dude his name is how'd joff? you how'd you print yeah joff I, I think it was joff i almost said just like it's just jeff they there's a dude jeff. named jeff who is i have jeff guardian <laughs> of the crystal yeah i am a guardian of this gate into eternity and my name is jeff <laughs> 
I love it. Yeah, Jeff is awesome because he punches Wolverine into orbit. <laughs> he does. I like, like that's actually like very slapsticky, even for the X Men, because like Wolverine again is not at the point of his career where they're like, yeah, we can incinerate him down to the atom and he'll regrow himself. It's like, no, no, the yeah. dude can like recover from a stab. Um, but like that dude hits him into orbit where the spaceship sees him and has to go pick him up. Um, yeah, there's like there's some kind of humanoid in a in orbit, like uh, <laughs> <laughs> just like flew out into space. Because uh, well, right before that, he's just like, oh, it's just a little guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very Looney Tunes. Um, oh man, it's so funny. So then, yeah, Je- Jeff. I'm just gonna say Jeff. Jeff. Yeah. Proceeds to hand all their butts to them them um and uh the person who gives the best effort is like gene wakes up from her nap which is great yeah um tries to do a little fun pull like a meteor from the, wherever they are they're inside the macron um but there's space as well and so uh she pulls yeah, that was the- so awesome she grabs a meteor from space and smashes him with it yeah in fact um Part of the reason why they wrote in the Dark Phoenix saga where Jean goes evil, gets over, you know, overrun by this Phoenix persona, does some really bad stuff. Like they didn't even get into it in the movies at all. But like in the comics, when Jean goes like Dark Phoenix, she kills an entire planet, like annihilates a planet, eats it actually. Um, Fully populated planet. Um, She goes to Coruscant and eats Coruscant essentially. Um, oh my god and <laughs> and so they did the like the dark phoenix saga because like uh i think it was like dave cockrum describes it. he's like chris wrote in chris claremont wrote in the phoenix and then just like for months just kept writing her stronger and stronger because previously you know gene had a hard time levitating you know more than one person um you know she she was kind of low powered um and so they were like beef chris was beefing her up um yeah chris claremont was a big fan of writing in really strong female characters which is great and not the most That's common great. thing in the comics during that era um and so he was like yeah what if i make gene just like a cosmic entity that you know <laughs> can pull a meteor from space um very anime of her that feels like that's something oh, yeah. straight out of like a cut scene in a video game um, yeah I, we even see like like this Thanos do something like that in Avengers he like grabs some oh he does he pulls a moon smashes yeah he like breaks it up and yeah 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 rocks people that's a very cool moment yeah that's always gonna be cool I doesn't like Jeff get defeated from because Banshee uh <laughs> like screams shorts him out with sound or something yeah it's pretty great like Jeff again the guy who sent a a full adult man into space gets tackled by this this Irishman um who's like you know just screams at him and that's what does it you know it's a great panel because it looks like he's just vomiting on jeff he looks like he's dementoring him where he's like just (laughs) yeah his face is so messed up looking if you didn't know which way you know the the transaction was happening you could think that he was sucking jeff's soul out of him Um, yeah he also did say it feels like he's grinding me ribs to powder It's there. It's all there. <laughs> I love it. I can't can't let him grab me throat. He's uh, going to grab me throat before I can shout at him. Glory, he turned so fast. Caught me before I was set. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, it's so good. It's too fun. One of my favorite 
other X-Men podcasters is Connor Goldsmith, who does a basically the X-Men podcast called Cerebro. And Connor um, is, you know, one of the campiest gays you could ever imagine. And he loves to do mm-hmm. the accents when he's talking about the X-Men. <laughs> and you know what? I can't fault him for it because when you read the f- it phonetically, you just, you want to say that, you know, Sarah's sake, but I've already got a plan. Like, yeah, it's just, you can't not do it. It's great. It's great. It's a, it's a colorful tapestry. Um, so yeah, Jeff gets it. screamed at and that's, that's all for Jeff. Uh, that's a wrap on Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. Um, but we meet, uh, I want you to pronounce this guy. M O D T. Mod. Mod. <laughs> mod jeff and mod you know the uh, second guardian the second guardian um who's big and robotic and uh a thousand times a thousand times more powerful feels very one punch man uh yeah this guy's showing up i like uh i really do actually like this little panel where he's introducing himself um and uh, he like he goes, you know. So we'll go and so it will go until you are destroyed. And Scott's down there, and he's like, "Words have never beaten the X Men, monster." <laughs> yeah, that was, that's right. Oh, Such so a funny. boy scout yeah, thing to like, say. He's like, "If you beat me, you'll face a foe a thousand times stronger than me." Yeah. Um, and Cyclops is like shooting his little beam at him, and and yeah, say you can't bully me. Um, uh, and the guy like levels them but doesn't kill them um yeah and this is when uh Dekan is still just up there being evil and mysterious with his fun little cape um and uh raja and colossus go up to meet him and raja just picks up the, the fool and throws him at the yeah, macron him. <laughs> which maybe there was other directions raja we could throw the guy who wants the crystal um that we don't know what it does but we know it's like like world ending kind of stuff um but oh oh i've been saying it wrong this is when everybody gets inside the crystal yeah um and uh so yeah that was all them still just having a fight outside the crystal and everything like that and so this is when they all go inside this crystal. And so this is when it gets kind of weird and a little bit harder to follow. Yeah. Yeah. It gets, it gets pretty strange. They start encountering these like nightmares of them. Like yeah. all their worst nightmares and stuff. It's like, uh, I don't know if this is like the final defense of the Macron crystal or if this is like a, if he be worthy kind of test thing, but yeah, everybody gets zapped and, uh, sent through the ringer of their biggest, you know, fears, um, which gives a little bit of opportunity for them to like write in some more like teasing of Corsair. Cause at this point, Jean hasn't said, I don't think that when, I don't think she said that was that Corsair was his father yet. Yeah. Um, not yet. But, uh, you know, they kind of hint to like Corsair had a wife and she got, you know, murdered. Yeah. She got murdered by Deken. Um, and, uh, but then this is when they allude to Jean's like, oh, my big fear it's trying to show me is my death. But she's like, well, I, I died actually a few days ago. So I'm actually yeah. kind of good. Um, You know, this is a healthy way to deal with it. Um, yeah. And then she like turns into a phoenix. Yes. um, It's like, it's much more literal in the comics than they've ever yeah. portrayed it. Um, She is this giant firebird when she's like fully tapping into the phoenix she's force. pretty stoked about it 
yeah, she, issues. She so likes it. I'm a it. phoenix and I'm gorgeous. <laughs> she does say that. You know, yeah. hey, we we support strong, confident, you know, women that are that are confident in themselves. Um, yeah. And yeah, they, they kind of go through a little thing where like she's like, uh, you know, I I can feel that. Oh yeah, Cyclops accidentally like you know blasts it and it's like cracking and she's like, oh I know I can. I can deal with this lattice of like negative energy that if you follow along, it kind of describes it as like, Oh, this is the final thing holding back this neutron galaxy, which is, I guess at yeah, the center neutron galaxy. This is where we're getting all the lattice stuff. This it started getting real weird here, which is pretty cool. It's it's this is when it gets a bit more star Trekky than star Wars. Um, yeah. Star Trekky got a bit weird and loosey goosey with like science. Um, and you know what weird things can just be out in space that we don't understand and you just use big words like neutron and people go oh yeah that's a science word they don't know what a neutron galaxy could be or is yeah yeah sometimes they call it like the n galaxy yeah 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 they shortened it like within the same like issue of introducing this concept the n galaxy um but i mean they do a pretty good job of describing how it's like kind of like a all-encompassing black hole situation where it's like infinite mass release that will just yeah. consume all of existence suck up everything um, she can see the true power of the lattice <laughs> a network of interlocking stasis fields neutralizing the power of the end galaxy it's so good it's so hardcore it's so like you could just i just imagine chris claremont just typing this into his little typewriter he's like <laughs> yes yes this is this is yeah. dramatic this is the climax my 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 phoenix she shall rise soon um, and I'm here for it. I love it. Uh, yeah. This is these are this is a good golden age era of X Men that I'm a fan of. Um, but yeah, Jean uses like she needs to like uh, tap into more power. So she, but she's like, but the Phoenix Force is like tied to uh, uh, my humanity. But I'm a ghost, and so like, I guess she's got to you know kind of ground herself with Storm. Um, and then she's right. like, Corsair, come here. You be too. You, you you help too, um, just like as a way to like not have to like I guess kill Storm, um, yeah. But yeah, this is when it gets like full Shakespeare drama with you know how she's describing herself and you know she's it's it gets much more abstract. Even in the drawings, get much more get much more abstract, um, and you know they they describe like she's able to repair the confinement and keep it intact and then they just kind of do like and that's the last thing she remembers um, <laughs> and then all of a sudden they're all home because we yep. ran out of panels to describe them finishing this <laughs> yeah they just kind of end up back in new york yeah you know <laughs> it's just like it's like fill in the blanks you nerds like you know she fixed it so then they they figured out how to get back um, yeah it goes into like just the most crazy visuals and stuff and then it's just like and then they were on a roof <laughs> in new york <laughs> i mean genuinely like i make the joke but it, it can be just basically like we have to wrap this up quick because the the comic can only be 18 pages and uh yeah. we're at like 16 right now and one of those pages is going to be the thank you from the author yeah <laughs> so she, that, that's also uh that's where she calls um corsair major summers yeah 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 um i guess she must have said he told it to him course told to corsair in the earlier issue i couldn't remember maybe 107 is when she tells him but cyclops still at this point doesn't know um yeah 
but uh yeah lalandra makes her way through as well um and describes like these kinds of reasoning of why she needs to hold up here for a while until things like cool down in the shiar stuff um and she gets to hang out with her new boyfriend uh professor x for a while which is nice um and she like jumps right into him yeah they're like bffs immediately you know they've been dreaming about dreaming about each other for for weeks now jacob yeah, doesn't Fire Lord, he, he shows up too. Yeah, he's there, and they're like, ah, we don't want to fight you again. And he's like, I don't want to fight you. He got tricked into fighting them by yeah. the Red, uh, Eric the Red. Um, and he's like, I know you're, Xavier explained it to me. You're all good. Um, and uh, yeah, and then it all wraps up. And there is one thing on the very last page that I wanted to point out that's kind of fun is that it has a little like... Um, uh, thank you to Dave Cockrum at the end where he goes, this, yeah. this book dedicated with respect and admiration to Dave Cockrum who helped make the dream a reality. And, <laughs> and the truth is it's like Dave was just leaving the book and a new artist, John Byrne was taking over. Yeah. Um, and, and so they have a little thing in there of like, I'm not dead Dave Cockrum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, what does that mean? It very much it's like there's like a little tribute <laughs> just from Dave Cockrum. I'm not dead. Yeah. It, it seems like an in memoriam and they're like, <laughs> he's he's fine. Dave's Dave's gonna yeah. keep. He's still working on other projects. He'll he's yeah, still still want to freak anybody out. Um, I think Dave Cochran might still be alive even to this day. I can't remember. It's hard to keep track of uh, all these like uh, old comic book people. Like because you know like yeah. Jim Lee's gone and Jack Kirby's gone, but Chris Claremont's on. Yeah, Dave Cochran. He's he's still. He's still uh nope, right. he died in two thousand six. Oh, never mind. <laughs> um but even then he was only sixty three in two thousand six, so it must have been a, a wow. untimely death. Um but yeah, that's a shame. at the time of this thing, he was still around, had a long yeah. career. Um he was a part of comics for forever and ever and ever. Um did a lot of DC stuff as well as a lot of Marvel stuff. Um, you know, including like Avengers and and uh, the the Miss Marvel and stuff like that, um, mm-hmm. and so. But who took over for this issue was the new artist John Byrne, who he's a bit of a controversial part of X Men and comics history. He's attributed. He's one of those like problematic creators where he's attributed with like amazing work, very talented yeah. uh, artist, very talented creator, collaborated with a lot of amazing people. Maybe not the greatest like role model as a person. <laughs> um, has like said some bad things in the past. Uh, maybe some racist stuff. Maybe some anti-trans yeah. stuff. Um, so I'm not uh, condoning any of that. Um, I, in fact, I I abhor that. But uh, just to talk about the art, this is when he took over and and was a collaborator with Chris Claremont for quite a while after this because Chris Claremont went for a 17-year run of writing X-Men in a row. Wow, that's crazy. That's I mean, a lot of X-Men. Yeah, the, like you said at the top of this, you're like, I recognize these people, Storm and and, and Nightcrawler and, and uh, Wolverine and stuff like that. And while Chris Claremont didn't create them, they were those guys were created by um a, you know a, some other people including len ween who wrote giant size x-men number one but that was the only issue that chris didn't write after that point chris built the canon of all these characters for forever and ever and ever and created some of the characters that you do know like he created rogue he created gambit stuff like that um yeah 
and so yeah this was this was during the era so thoughts how did you feel about jumping into like this is your first x-men comic ever how did how did it feel tell me your thoughts oh i mean i expected it just to be cool because like you know there's just cool art and stuff and superheroes are fun but i was i guess surprised by like how funny and like how just how much character was just written into these little speech bubbles that just made everybody so like identifiable and just like especially like with the phonetic stuff like that (laughs) i'm like okay these characters like are just like the way they talk gives them so much character it was a lot of um melodrama is how they yeah. kind of really wrote these um, big, big emotions, big reactions. Yeah, uh, I really, I was really into how crazy some of the sci-fi stuff got in the 108. Yeah, with all of Phoenix's weird stuff. I mean, it's it's in the realm of like, uh, what did they do in like the the what's in in the solo film when he did the Kessel Run? It's like that kind of stuff. It's like they're playing loosey goosey with like physics and science yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, they yeah act- but it's still cool. It's cool. That's what I, I, I always try to focus on. Like, even if like the narrative isn't sound, like if there's plot holes or like, you know, some confusion, if overall it's still a fun ride and you, you get the overall like emotion of it, of like, you totally followed like what Gene kind of basically was doing. You know, we all know, the concept of like, oh, the all powerful, you know, reality changing device that in the hands of the wrong person will be bad and someone has to contain it or take control of it. Like we all get that. And so like that's what yeah. Gene was doing. Um Yeah. I like the just a cast of weird space people. They they're so fun. Um yeah, I, I want to see some more Star Jammers. There's yeah, uh, some star some more Star Jammers would be great. Um yeah, it genuinely like even the DC counterpart Legion of superheroes. It's also very fun. Um, Mm. I I'm a fan of any of the comics that are like of that genre where they're like a collection of like a whole bunch of different aliens all together. Um, you know, the green lantern core is a little bit of that as well. Um, and I mean, that's, that's part of the fun of like, you know, the sci-fi, you know, genre in general is like getting to kind of just make up weird aliens. Um, we you know he got they got to make up the Shi'ar who are like bird like people, um, and and add them to the to like that kind of like tapestry of all the galactic races in Marvel comics. Yeah, because um, Deken he's Shi'ar, right? Yeah, Deken's like the brother of Lalandra, and they're all Shi'ar. Okay, they're the royalty. Um, there's like there's like the Shi'ar galaxy which is just this collective of all the planets and systems that are part of that like empire. And then it's all like at the high, at the highest point of the hierarchy is the Shi'ar race. And at the top <laughs> of them is the Shi'ar, uh, and, you know, uh, Royal family. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to say though, favorite character, Jeff. <laughs> he says he's not in it long, but when he's in it, he's in it. <laughs> he gets his moment, man. You know, he he knew how to find his light, and he knew how to make his moment count. And yep. uh, yeah, it's hard. He, it's gonna be hard to forget Jeff. He punches Wolverine into space, but can't stop one Irishman. 
solid. One loud Irish. Boy. One loud, one boisterous vocal uh, man of Ireland. Uh, it's great. I that's like I really actually should be a bit nicer to the films because I have a lot of like problems with the films where they aren't like consistent with people's like powers and power levels and that kind of thing. Oh yeah. But uh, the comics were a little bit like that too, where it's like, <laughs> you know, the physical strength to send a man into atmosphere, but yeah, a little ginger grabs you and you're like, ah, this is going to take a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Um, well, I, I hope that was fun. Um, oh, absolutely. Thank you for suggesting such wonderful issues to me oh this is fun to read i actually made a confession on the discord of this podcast where i was like um i i i know i give off the air of someone who's like who knows everything about x-men and has and knows uh, all the stuff but it's honestly like there's a lot of stories that i just never actually went back and read the whole thing like i kind of either gathered enough from like how they bring it up in other issues later on or you know uh read wikipedia pages or anything like that but like sometimes we're going back for these episodes of the show and I'm reading stuff for the first time. I was reading this for the first time when I picked it out. Um, and it oh, was, wow. it was fun. It was fun. To even like part of the research I do for the episodes is I go read back issues of stuff. And it was also fun to read back. issues. I, I never read the issue of the comic where Jean gray crashes the spaceship and that's where she gets, you know, exposed to whatever this Phoenix force is. Yeah. It's cool that they like point you back to the issues that add context to stuff. Oh, I so appreciate like that's it. so handy. I mean, plus it's, it's totally understandable to be like still experiencing things for the first time. Cause like when I saw that uncanny X-Men ran from the 63 to 2011, I'm like, that's insane. That's so much comic. Yeah. Um, I mean, 519 issues. Well, I was, I was talking and that's just to 2011. Like it got, it got, there's they've still been like they named they renamed it to another thing in 2011 but then it got renamed back to uncanny x-men at one point oh really yeah no it's been ongoing um and i was pointing out because i just we just released an episode this last weekend uh with bruce where we covered this big 90s story called fatal attractions and um I got in a conversation with someone on social media about it and was just saying that like with all the different other titles of comics that they later like were kind of like branching this out into like right now you're reading Uncanny X-Men 107. There was no other X-Men comics. Maybe at this point, 1977, I don't think New Mutants had even been written yet. But, Mm. you know, later on they're like, well, we want another X title book. So add another one. Okay, New Mutants. Add another one. Okay, X-Force. Add another one. X-Factor. Add another one. It's like, and so... (laughs) When you add all those, and then also the other random little, like, because you read Star Wars comics, they have, like, the quick little one-shots or the short yeah. mini-series. You do that for, how you know, 1963 on, on to now. There's there's a lot of canon. There's a lot. And we're very lucky that, I'm, I find myself very lucky that I live in an age where, like, so much of it has been digitized at this point. Oh, so, like, my God, yeah. You know, Marvel Unlimited gives you access to, like, all that kind of stuff, but... One, not everything has been digitized. They're they're still actually missing a huge catalog of like Marvel comics on Marvel Unlimited, oh, okay. including X Men, um, and uh, you know, and and then on top of that, like there's just so much to read. I still haven't gotten through everything because I'm also still trying to keep up with modern uh, comics, and I'm also like I like reading. This is hard. This is hard to hear. I know, but I read stuff other than X Men too. 
Hell, I read, <laughs> oh my god! I read Star Wars sometimes. That the that like a uh, run of like a uh, Darth Vader comics. All uh, the Vader comics. I think it was so Kieran Gillen wrote it. Um, yeah, so good. Oh yeah. my god! You, you wouldn't think that it'd be, they'd be so fun because Darth Vader is such a dark character. But well, so fun. Yeah, yeah. One. How are you going to make me root for Darth Vader? Wow, did he? He made me root. Like, yeah. I was like, yeah, get him, get him, Darth, get him. But then, like, what do you do with this uh, character that we'd only seen in the movies as being, you know, this fumbly older guy in the in the in the movies? No offense to like, you know, the the actors or anything like that, but like, yeah, they weren't doing like crazy mind blowing stuff. It's now in the modern day, like in the obi-wan series where you finally see like vader like holding a starship in place but in the comics for years he's been that cool he's been doing crazy stuff like that this is not limited by a big costume no person on a real person you know or the the budget of a of a uh you know little shoestring uh uh, sci-fi show Um, (laughs) yeah shoestring budget um yeah i mean there's a great moment in one of the vader comics where he's like he's he's been stranded on this alien planet he's just surrounded by like just a cadre of you know by all the rebels like uh, rebels and stuff like that and uh he just has this great line he's like all i see Mm -hmm. is dead men dead men yeah and i was like yes yeah so awesome yeah kill them all vader um so yeah there's just so much to read out there which i love that's a good problem it's a good problem to have too much content as a nerd to want to be able to consume. Um, but this was like really fun to go back and read. And, uh, and I've also been like, I, I, I try not to overwhelm my guests with too much to read. You lucked out with only two issues (laughs) that I'm sure you finished fairly quickly. Um, yeah. Bruce committed to, to six very beefy, heavy issues for fatal attractions. Um, but like the Phoenix saga technically goes on from here until like issue like 37, 38, 39, something like that. So I'm like, well, how do I cover Phoenix? And so this is kind of perfect little two issue space adventure. Um, yeah. Where we get to, she gets to flex. She gets to flex. We get to meet Corsair who we didn't even talk about Corsair's costume and like the headband, the mustache, the, oh, yeah. the finely quaffed the hair, the two guns. Yeah. The two space guns. Um, it's very good. Uh, well, yeah, some I, big, big old gloves. I before we close out, I thought of a fun game that I want to start trying with my guests. That was yes. actually kind of inspired from Bruce himself. Um, but I forgot to do it with Bruce. <laughs> so, so you get to be my first person. Oh, good. I think this is fun for everybody to do because you've been so kind in talking about the comics with me for so long. Um, I figure we can have a little bit of brief just funness with the movies and i'm gonna ask you you have to fan cast one x-men character in the upcoming mcu edition so any of the x-men cast any character from the x-men you know you can do jeff i don't care but (laughs) yeah i was just thinking about who's gonna play jeff (laughs) but like if you had a fan cast of getting to recast these characters um who would it be and i'll actually i'll help you out by giving you a moment to pause and think because i'm gonna give one of them that actually i'm stealing from the internet um but it really pertains to this these issues you're reading and so i'm gonna fan cast corsair and someone pointed out cast james marsden as Corsair oh, to get him to come back. He's too old to be Cyclops, <laughs> but the father That's of Cyclops, great. he's perfect age. He's perfect That's age. That's so funny. 
Wow, that's that's really good. Salt and pepper his hair a little bit, you know, that kind of thing. Get that man to grow a mustache and stat, and yeah, put a ha- put a headband around him. What do you? What do you- I have to narrow it down to actors that aren't already in the. Like, oh, in the MCU, MCU yeah. There's stuff, there's like yeah. a weird like game of guess who where you have to put down all the faces of like nope they've yep, nope nope they've already he's already been in it. Um, I feel like every other day I'm I'm looking and I'm like, oh, I didn't know they got added to the uh, MCU because it's yeah, it's big. Wow. But who's like uh, I I'll help you out. You tell me like who's an X Men character you've always liked? Just narrow um, it down there. I've always I mean, I'm I'm always been a um a nightcrawler fan i love it nightcrawler was my introduction to the x-men really okay okay that's cool okay so we've got you know we've had uh jim cummings um wait jim cummings no what's his name the 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 guy who played nightcrawler is it jim cummings i can't remember what's the name of uh of winnie the pooh voice actor is that jim cummings i'm not sure (laughs) now i'm now I'm, I'm anyways we've got previous people you get to have a new nightcrawler can be anybody you want doesn't have to look like nightcrawler we can cg their face in okay you want okay. john goodman to be nightcrawler we got john john goodman is nightcrawler. <laughs> um so oh this is a toughie yeah who 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 do you like as or even be silly don't don't even worry about be this silly. not gonna happen it's not gonna happen. whatever you pick it's not gonna happen yeah it's like the age would be totally off yeah, just go for it. Doesn't German, matter. We can de-age want... him. We have the technology. Let's, get, let's de-age Christoph Waltz. That's <laughs> <laughs> Nightcrawler. I love it. <laughs> Nightcrawler is oh. so like he's like kind of like like kind of thin and stuff. He's like a pretty like a uh, uh, spindly guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Don't picture Christoph Waltz as that at all. But I just like Christoph Waltz. Oh, but as he's... far as German actors yeah, go, yeah, as far as German actors, and has that like manner of speech that is just intoxicating. Um, yeah, you know, I just love how he talks. Yeah. Uh, oh, he'd be so good. It's too bad yeah. that like a uh, Nightcrawler never has like a villain arc. Um, oh man, that'd be perfect. It, but Christoph, when he does good guy, like uh uh uh. What's the the one where he was the dentist uh, bounty hunter? A Django. Oh, in a Django. Yeah, he's a good guy in that one. Yeah, Alita. He's a good guy in Alita. And by the way, as it looks up, yeah, Jim Cummings is the voice of Winnie the Pooh. Alan Cumming is was the actor who played Nightcrawler in X Men Two. Okay. But I I I think I had Jim Cummings' uh, name in my head because I was watching Ratatouille. And we were talking about like uh, voice actors for oh yeah Jim Cummings did the voice of the Firefly in uh, uh, Princess and the Frog the like the Cajun oh yeah, yeah. Cajun Firefly um, he's done a voice for everything um, anyways Alan Cumming but Christoph Waltz I love it I adore Christoph yeah. Waltz and that's often my problem with fan casting this stuff is that my tastes are like I've been watching certain actors for so long that I like a lot of old actors. Um, and so when you tell me like yeah. name a young person who can <laughs> sign on to a 10 year contract deal to play Nightcrawler, I'm like, I don't know any young people. I don't know. Yeah. A uh, bonus fan cast. I want Jaad to be Christopher Walken. <laughs> it's just, so good. That would be so good. A big lizard guy. <laughs> my little pet cat. Corsair. Hanging out in space. <laughs> my God. Everybody speaks English. The Macron, the Macron, Krista. 
<laughs> oh no. Roger threw that guy into the crystal. Now we're stuck inside. Man, we gotta get walking into the MCU before it's too late, you know? If we he, we're running out of time. Um, I say, still time. Well, I'm just like, I look at some of these old actors and I'm like, Oh, stay around. I like you a lot. You need to, you need to hold on like Christopher Walken and severance. So good. Ah, he's just, he's, he's a little, he's older. He's um, older these days, but he's still got it. Still got it. Yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, put him, but yeah. And give, give him a CG character. You don't need to do anything. We'll just, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put him in the mocap room yeah. and get his manners. Just, just you take know? the orangutan from Jungle Book. Just put that in the in MCU. <laughs> I'll take it. I forgot he was King Louie in the live He's action adaptation. <laughs> I was like, I thought you were making a reference to like Planet of the Apes. I was like, was what, did Christopher Walken do like the orangutan <laughs> in Planet of the Apes? I was like, I don't think he did because I think no, I remember he that. A, he was big ape. He was King Louie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you think Christopher Walken did mocap for that? <laughs> just sat there <laughs> with a bunch of dots on him. I just, I mean, the man can move. I mean, the he he did that music video for what's his face where he's just dancing the That's whole true. music video. I bet they uh, I bet they did his face because like when King Louis talking, it looks like Christopher Walken's face. Yeah, like yeah. His expressions and stuff. So I bet there's at least that. Yeah. Uh, no, I say if you're gonna have Christopher Walken do a CG character for MCU, we get the full mocap yeah. experience. I want to see someone oh, walking man. around like a hunched over old man who's <laughs> kind of always like floating his arms up a little bit. Yeah. It looked like the Irishman. <laughs> yeah, it would. Yeah, it would. Um, okay. That worked out perfect. That was exactly how I wanted that Excellent. game to go. That's so good. <laughs> you had, you had great suggestions. Um, I just hope they come true. Yeah, it's you think Christoph Waltz is going to be at at some point. That man gets work. Um, oh yeah. Anyways, thank you so much, Jacob, for joining me. If people enjoyed uh, your musings, where would you love them to come find you elsewhere? Oh, there's a couple places, of course, over on the old Funhouse YouTube channel. Constantly making stuff over there, and I also stream on Twitch.tv/JacobFull, where on Mondays I build Gundam model kits every Monday. And it's super fun. And you, I love just talking to people while I do that. You are the reason, one of the reasons why I wish that I had more space in my apartment for a craft space. Um, it's, it's a problem. Like between you and Rahul, I'm like, uh, <laughs> for the audience, Rahul Kohli, um, the, I like the stuff you guys post of you guys doing like, uh, you know, kit building and model painting and stuff like that. I'm like, I'm looking at my tiny apartment that I have no space for anything. And I have two mm-hmm. kids already packed into here. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I wish I had a craft room. Um, you just got to go vertical, get the shelves going. I know, I know. If I didn't have a a, p- a stand-up piano in my room, uh, which I do, um, given to me, which is definitely cooler. It's cool, but it got to think take up space. <laughs> yeah. um, which, speaking of Rahul and your work at Funhouse, uh, your the still funniest thing to this day is that video with you, Alana, Rahul, and John playing i don't remember what game you were playing but you all were on oh, we were silly playing gas that whole day. yeah y- y'all y'all got the sillies um yeah that's a good video unfortunately i don't think it's up anymore oh okay um, for some reasons uh but there is a video there's a follow-up isn't there um not with that one but we do have one video with rahul in it where it was the star boys, star boys. Finale. okay star boys yeah. finale is fantastic where he gets to hang out with minch yoda yeah <laughs> 
the <laughs> worst recurring character we've ever had. Minch Yoda. Um, so good. Yeah, go check out Jacob. Jacob's constantly making stuff on Funhouse, one of the, the feature members of that thing. And then, yeah, if you want some chill vibes, good times, go follow Jacob on Twitch. Uh, one of my favorite... Still, you know, I, It's weird which Twitch things stick in my brain as things that I liked. Um, I watched you play Spiritfarer. Um, oh yeah, Spirit Fair is one of my favorite games that year, and uh, it's like lull you to sleep, cool, chill vibes kind of like thing. Um, that game. Um, so yeah, highly recommend. Go follow Jacob. Jacob, thank you so much. I hope I have uh, tickled your fancy with some X Men lore, and maybe if I'm lucky, I can uh, entice you to some more X Men. Another episode of this sometime in the future. Oh, absolutely, John. Thank you for having me. And yeah. I'm like, now that I've read two issues, I'm just like, oh, this is cool. I should do more of this. <laughs> it's very it's it's very easy to just get through. It's like little popcorn eating. Yeah, um, and it's just like so accessible. Yeah, it's great. On this uh, this fancy little app here. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. That's why I keep tricking my friends into doing the show. Because <laughs> um, I know you're all a bunch of nerds that I know some of you, I can get you hooked on a little bit of lore. Just a little bit of lore and you become oh, lore hounds. Lore. And Jacob, do you I like love lore? lore. I love. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate you. Appreciate you, listeners, for checking out the the show, and I hope to see you next time. Bye. Bye.